Good morning, everybody. Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. It is game day as the Broncos will take on Seattle in Seattle. Oh, my goodness, you guys. I'm so excited. I was excited last night. I was excited yesterday morning. All the emotions as the NFL season for the Broncos officially kicks off tonight. We're going to talk plenty about them, but we have to talk about what happened yesterday in the NFL Sunday games because, oh, my goodness, we learned that a kicker, a good kicker, is so very, very important, DMAC. Well, a good kicker, <clears throat> a good snapper, and a uh, holder. It was it, – that was wild. Wild on the kicking end. Hey, Cincinnati didn't deserve to win that game anyways. So, you know, good. I'm glad they lost. Good enough. So, no, it was – what a day. I mean, it was crazy. James? I thought, though, the kicker, the long snapper, and the holder, they all played in the preseason. I thought that was the cure-all for everything, right? Like, hey, if you play in the preseason – you won't be rusty in week one. That certainly was uh, disproven. It was crazy. And I know we're going to get to it later, but the number of games I lost because either a kicker couldn't make a chip <laughs> shot or because somebody made a 58-yarder, it was not my day. Not my day with kickers. No, I totally feel that. So let's get into, though, the teams that didn't play any of their starters in the preseason are struggling a little bit. We saw that a little bit with the Rams, the Bengals, too. Um, does that worry you both about tonight for the Broncos, James? Yeah, I, I think if it doesn't worry you, you're not being honest with yourself. Now, that doesn't mean they're going to play poorly. It doesn't mean they're going to come out and be sloppy and and be a disaster, but yeah, it should worry you. I mean, if, if you see evidence that something could be a, a, a cause of a problem and you just ignore it, then you're just, you know, kind of putting your head in the sand, playing the, uh, the ostrich game or the flamingo game or whichever bird it is that puts their head in the sand. Um, but I, I, I don't think it's something you should, you know, be wringing your hands about from now till 615. But yeah, I'm a little, I'm a little worried about it. it it's got me, uh, it's got me stressed a little bit more about tonight. The game that we should all be paying attention to was the game last night with Tampa and Dallas, okay? If you want a blueprint of how not to screw up week one, try to replicate what the Bucs did. And I think that is what they'll do. Never mind not playing. Tom Brady wasn't even with his team for 11 games. And I thought it was very sweet how Giselle on Twitter said she was rooting for Tom Brady. I love a wife who actually refers to her husband as his first and last name on Twitter in terms of encouraging people to root for. That being said, 33 rushing attempts to 27 passing attempts. Uh, Tom Brady threw for 7.9 yards. He had, let me see this real quick, a long of 48 yards, 20 and 24, okay? He threw one or two deep passes. Other than that, it was very conservative, and they were rushing the ball. And if the Broncos have a brain in their head, that's exactly how they'll handle things because they'll make it simple, Rachel. James, if they make it simple, if they beat up Seattle with the run and they don't let Russ cook, they will win this game and they will win this game relatively easily. Well, we're going to get into score predictions later on, too. So everybody, please drop your score prediction for tonight's game in Seattle in the comments. We would love to hear what you all think. We also need to talk about the AFC West as a whole, because what is supposed to be the most stacked uh, part of the NFL this year? The Broncos are a part of it. How did we assess? The Chiefs obviously looks good. Chargers look good. Um, what did we think of Josh McDaniels and the Raiders, Mac? Uh, they're, they're, they're a mess, like the Raiders always are a mess. Um, they've got problems on their offensive line. It's going to be a battle for Derek Carr, and it's Josh McDaniels. I mean, 
what do we think? He went through some sort of metamorphosis. You know, he's still a lousy head coach, and he probably will continue to be a lousy head coach. There's talent over there, though. So I'm not saying they're not going to win some games, and I'm not going to say they're not going to have some form of success. But they're the worst team in the AFC West. I, I think that's I, – I thought it was the case before the season started. I think it's the case now. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I think what we learned from Thursday all the way through last night is it's Buffalo, Kansas City, mm-hmm. and then everybody else, right? Yeah. There's some good teams in the AFC. Look, the Bengals lost a crazy game. I, I, don't, I don't think they're going to just all of a sudden fall apart. The Colts, who everybody thought, oh, Matt Ryan's going to be the solution because Carson Wentz was the problem, which I don't think was the case. They go down and can't beat the Texans, which mm-hmm. is a head-scratcher. So there's some teams that are – you know, I think going to be in contention. Broncos are in that group. Chargers are in that group. I didn't think they looked fantastic. But it's it's Buffalo, Kansas City. The demise of the Chiefs, uh, I, I think, was uh, very premature for all those who were predicting that. Yeah, you definitely – they don't look like they need Tyreek Hill, which is quite scary um, in there. But so you're saying, Chiefs, who, who would win the AFC? between the Chiefs and the Bills, if you had to guess. And we know how crazy last year's game was, but if you had to take a guess, who would you take? I would take the Bills, but just because the law of averages, right? I think if they played uh, or when they play again in the playoffs, it's going to be that same type of game. And, you know, it's going to come down to the last possession and a few seconds here or there and one or two plays. Mm-hmm. But those two teams are just loaded. I mean, what Andy Reid and Eric Bieniemy do uh, with Patrick Mahomes and then just this whole new slew of weapons, I mean, it was – it was Travis Kelsey, and then it's like, well, where's my roster here? Because i got to figure out who all these guys are that are catching footballs for the uh, for the Chiefs. It was just another clinic, though, yesterday. They're yeah, but they, they still have – I mean, they got Juju. They have Hardman still. They, they, they still have plenty of weapons. And what you see, guys, is when you have a great quarterback and you have consistency and an approach that is, you know, the same time after time after time. Talk about not needing preseason. The, the Bills and the Chiefs could roll out of bed – and be just fine. They don't. They barely need to practice. But th- but they've earned that. They've earned that through years and years of sticking to the same thing. And of course, they've made an investment in the correct assessment at quarterback. So you can do a lot of things off of that. And that's why. Listen, this year, okay, we'll see how it goes. Um, but what I would urge, no matter what, is you've got to stay consistent for a period of time if if you want to have great results. And whether or not you practice or don't practice, uh, I don't know, man. I mean, some teams did and some teams didn't. Uh, the Vi- look, look at the fact. Six uh, head coaches, six, who are first-time head coaches, won. In fact, it's never happened where seven first-time head coaches have won a game. Nathaniel Hackett could do that tonight. But you, you did have a lot of success with rookie uh, head coaches yesterday. In terms of preparation – uh who knows but it is the bills and the chiefs and everything else but listen hey it's the nfl any given sunday right anybody can have a bad day and as we saw in dallas the quarterback quarterback gets hurt i don't know what's gonna happen now Mm -hmm. okay so who was the most surprising loss for both of you uh because the 49ers going down to the bears Didn't expect that one. Who knows if the weather played into it a little bit, but that was most surprising for me. I, I definitely did not pick the Bears to be winning a whole lot of games, and I still don't for the rest of the season, James. Well, I'm going to go with my miss in the uh, survivor pool, right? Mm-hmm. Like Tennessee, and I get it. That it's a different roster. They, they you know lost the receivers, and they're kind of re- rebooting that room. Mm-hmm. But they still were the number one seed in the AFC last year and lost right at the gun to the, to the Bengals. 
They get beat at home by the Giants, which, hey, Saquon Barkley, Brian Dayball found a way to uh, to get him going again. He looked great. And I give Brian Dayball all the credit in the world. Contrast him to Lovey Smith. He realizes he's taking over a team. The, the Giants aren't going anywhere, but you're on the road. You, you, you get a touchdown, cut it to 20 to 19. You got a chance to win it. Go for the win. What does Lovey Smith do with his Texans who aren't going anywhere? He punts it on fourth down with 40 seconds left in overtime and plays for the tie. Like, if you go for it and don't get it and you lose, yeah, that's a bummer, but at least you didn't go for the tie. Uh, so, you, look, the Colts are not winning. I mean, they didn't lose, but not winning was a surprise. But then for me, it was, yeah, it was the Titans losing at home to the Giants. That was a bit of a shocker. I guess my surprise was the way Minnesota handled Green Bay pretty easily. And I, I – I am not surprised that teams that just don't do a lot in the preseason together struggle. Okay. And especially in the first two weeks. So I don't, I don't look at the first two weeks and say, Oh wow, the Packers are going to be a terrible team. I I don't say that whatsoever. Uh, I mean, if you get your doors blown off, maybe that's something. I think the Cardinals are probably having some, um, some dark moments today because Mm -hmm. of how much they invested in Kyler Murray and what all that means. But then again, the chiefs are on a different level. Uh, going for two, I mean, come on. I love it. Are you kidding me? You got a chance to, to win the game. Why not? You know what that does for the team? And even if you miss it, okay, fine. But wouldn't you rather go down with the ship with your real football team, not a kicker anyways? You know, all you're going to do is rally the guys together one way or the other. And if you want to look at a trend, that's, that's it's like the shift in baseball that, that's going to be corrected. But going forward on fourth down is a gargantuan trend in the NFL. And I hope the Broncos, you know, pay heed to that and stay equally as aggressive. And hopefully they stay healthy with two major injuries with most likely a torn pec to TJ Watt in Pittsburgh. And then with Dak and a thumb surgery happening today, both like very important players to these teams. We need the Broncos to stay healthy, everybody, but especially quarterback Russell Wilson, because if something like that would be similar and happen to him, who knows what this Broncos team could look like this year, James? Well, they'd look a lot like they've looked the last six years. They'd be mm-hmm. a team without a quarterback. But, you know, we got to take the bubble wrap off at some point, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's it's time to go play and injuries happen. And, you know, it's the it, it, that's just the nature of the game. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it, it, at some point you can go too far. And I've been critical of the Nuggets and Jamal Murray. And, gosh, we're going to slow walk this thing. And, you know, we're, we, you know I'm, I'm watching uh, – we're going to watch K.J. Hamler out there tonight. We're watching Chris Godwin, which was like nine months after he tore his ACL out there playing against the Cowboys last night. And then you got 18 months and we can't play basketball on back-to-back nights. Like there's extremes of this. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a shame. There's injuries every year. There's big names to go down every year. Two in, in, in week one is certainly a bummer, but take the bubble wrap off. Let's go. Well, listen, if you're only feeling 85%, you, sh- you clearly shouldn't play. Yeah. I mean, 85%? What are we, nuts? You can't, can't play at 85%. I haven't been 85% since 1985. <laughs> that, was, that was maybe one of the funniest, like, moments at a press conference I've ever been in front of, you know, after covering the NFL so long. Jamal Murray, ah, 85%. Oh, forget it. No way. Can't, can't run up and down the court, you know, six minutes against the Lakers in a completely meaningless game 82 when Blacko Kunkar, I think, was playing in that particular game. Um, and uh, anyways uh, – the injuries could happen. They always do happen. There's nothing you can do. The NFL season is here. Josie Jewell got hurt with his calf in practice. Mm-hmm. Practice. 
So they avoid everything the whole preseason and are starting inside linebacker, uh, one of them. The other one got hurt, too. It, it's football, guys. I mean, it happens. I, I think preseason is a joke. I, I, I'm, I'm not as outraged by it because I know they're going to go to 18 games, two preseason games, an extra bye week, and move the Super Bowl to President's Day weekend. That'll probably happen all in the next five years. So I really don't care that much. And preseason will cut down to maybe, I don't know, three or four weeks. It's inevitable that that's going to happen. So I'm not that outraged by it. The first two weeks is preseason. That's why. Make it simple on yourself tonight. Copy what the Bucks do. Don't let Russ cook. Give the ball to Javante and Melvin, and let's see. That's you know what though. It's interesting, Dmac, because I think the I think you're right in terms of the plan. I think the Seahawks are going to try to make Russ cook, and we're going to see in Week One. The is there a battle of wills right between Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson? Who's gonna Who's gonna win on what they go do, or is Russ going to go along with? Yeah, that's the recipe for success. So that's what we got to do tonight. Fascinating storyline in week one of that relationship. Russ is going to go along with it because he saw preseason. He was there. He knows the truth, and so do we. They'd be insane to let Russ cook right now. There's no way they should. They're, they don't know themselves enough, and they haven't played consistently enough. Hats off to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I'm telling you, Tom Brady was off for 11 days at couples therapy in the Bahamas, and they owned the Cowboys. Owned them. And then you go from there. Things can get more complicated as you move down the season. Yeah, no, true. And uh, James, I'm with you. I think it'll be interesting. We know Russ wants to throw. So how will that relationship happen tonight? We're excited to see. But going back to Josie Jewell, he was doubtful on Friday, but was declared out on Saturday. So Alex Singleton, Jonas Griffith expected to be the starting inside linebackers. Who do we like? How do we feel about Alex Singleton coming in, James? bad but I didn't like Josie Jewell like it's a position they just ignore year after year after year in the draft and I won't go off on my Nicobe Dean rant although boy wouldn't he look good tonight in the middle as you go up to Seattle um you know if, if it doesn't go well tonight Josie Jewell will be there well they didn't have Josie Jewell like Josie Jewell's ever made a significant play in his four or five years here in Denver he's done nothing I don't, why he's still the starter is beyond me so you're plugging in Alex Singleton instead Great. I'm sure Alex uh, Alex Singleton can do a disappearing act and be David Copperfield just like Josie Jewell. It's, it's the least surprising news of the weekend. Well, what do you think the Seahawks are going to do? It's going to be – they're going to try to copy what Tampa did last night as well. They're going to run the ball a lot and just be very careful with throwing the ball. So I, I actually think Alex Singleton, who's a tackling machine, I mean, that's the one thing he does really well is, you know, he just gets in the way of people. I think he'll be more than fine. I think the Broncos are going to be fine. I, I don't think this is the big test. Uh, I think Houston uh, at home next week will be a much tougher test. And San Fran, I think, is going to be relatively easy, too, um, unless they are go to Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? I mean, that. but but then again, that's the conundrum. If you've got young guys, you've got to let them work, and they'll get better and better as long as they have the requisite talent. Broncos are going to be fine in this department. Josie Jules, no big deal. And unless Noah Fant tears up the Broncos, wouldn't that be something? Uh, the Broncos would be okay. But maybe Noah Fant does tear up the Broncos. I mean, they don't have anybody that can cover him, except if you just sort of look in his direction, he falls down. But I guess that's it. That's who I'm the most afraid of, Noah Fant, I guess. 
Okay, well, we'll get into that too, but we got to talk about our survivor pool. We're super excited to be doing this this weekend. So we're going to bring in Jake and Will as well, um, because we got a couple losers here with us today. So we got um, James, Will, and Will, your new house looking fabulous, my friend. Love it. Looks great. Um, and Jake, though, they all walk away with uh, not a win. So yeah, I know. DMAC, although DMAC, you got a tie. So you kind of got lucky in there too. They didn't lose. They did lose. They I will give it to you there. They did not lose, but they did get a tie, which I was not expecting oh. on week one to already have a tie. But Jake, take us away. Hit us with the plan. Yeah, you're seeing the losers right there. Jake, James, and Will. Will and uh, James had the same pick. I had the 49ers at the Chicago Bears. Uh, we're all losers. The Colts, you guys barely escape. So the three of us right now, we're going to spin. And whoever it lands on, we're going to have to serve the first coffee break survivor pool punishment. So the drama, right. it begins. Oh, no, this is stressful. And completely random. And horribly stressful. Of course. Of course. Okay, so now we're going to find out what James has to do. We've got the first five punishments up here. Um, I've never never had like a credit card roulette where I didn't buy the whole dinner. That was the least shocking development of the day. (laughs) Okay, real quick before you spin, hold on. We got to say what these are. So, coffee break in a helmet, James. Gotta have to. Okay, find good luck finding a helmet that fits me. But okay. Uh, coffee break segment with pop rocks in your mouth. Uh, coffee break with your hands tied. Word of the day, which the viewers get to vote on, and we'll do a Twitter poll too. And then loser buys winner's coffee. So. Okay. All right. These don't sound that bad. This is good. There's no mayo in any coffee or anything. So okay. I want to see James in a helmet. Let's get that one. Come on. Now. <laughs> All right. Let's go. Got to have one from the Academy. <laughs> hey, big win on Elizabeth. I heard. Oh. oh. Easy. Easy. So easy, who actually easy. won? Does the tie count as a win? No, no, you're you're in luck because there was only two winners this week. It's only wait, 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 I feel like it should be yes by everyone. Coffee. Hold wait. on a second. <laughs> how how am I? A, if I'm not a winner, I'm 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 either a winner or a loser. You, if I'm not a loser, how could I not be a winner? You tied. He was. If your name wasn't on the thing, I'm with you, Dmac. You're a winner. I'll bring I'll, I'll bring I'll bring you guys coffee too. You and me. Tomorrow. We have our meeting. We're so yeah. I'll send you my order, James. Send me orders. I'll uh, I'll take care of it. Man, I, that's talk about getting off pretty easy. I didn't have to, you know, go <laughs> play an instrument in front of Coors Field or drink mayonnaise in my coffee. Like woo. for week so, one, I'm slightly disappointed, but is all fate happen for you, James? Good job. I will forever hate the Tennessee Titans. I, it's just that they're they're dead to me. I I knew when Bullock lined up, James. I was thinking of you and I. I knew he was going to miss that kick. Yep. I just 100% knew he was going to pull it, and that's what he did. Well, it's Mike Vrabel settling for the 47-yard field goal instead of trying to get it closer. It's like, you get what you deserve. Yeah, there was 18 seconds left, and he he just let it run out. Tannehill did the weird try to put it on the hash thing, and yeah, I'm with you. I, I know you didn't have a timeout, but you should have gotten 10 more yards in that situation. Well, you know why they didn't have a timeout? Because they had to waste it because they didn't get the play in with right. 18 seconds left. Because they weren't ready to go. Yeah, I think we should all give Will some applause for his new house with the big echo. <laughs> it does look very nice, though, Will. Congratulations on well, your new house. I, I, I know how much Will spent for it, so don't anticipate furniture anytime soon. 
Um, real quick, Will, though, we're going to get into Broncos predictions, too. But you wrote an article about the Colorado Avalanche this morning, and I would love for you to share a little bit of insight for the Coffee Break family. Yeah, the Avs have signed Evan Rodriguez away from the Pittsburgh Penguins. That was announced this morning by the team. Listen, they were still looking for another forward slash center on their top two lines. They have five guys. They have McKinnon, Rantanen, Landeskog, uh, Nachushkin, and Lekkinen. But Rodriguez had a career high in points, goals, and assists last year and played alongside Sidney Crosby. I think we now know who the Avalanche's top six forwards are, and I think Evan Rodriguez is in that mix. I love the deal, too. A two-year, one-year, a, a, a one-year, two-million-dollar deal because they probably need Newhook a little bit more time for Newhook to ascend to that position. Boy, oh, boy, if they can – if he keeps having a better year, he's pretty young, too, right? And he's only, like, what, 27, something like that? Yeah, he's so, been in the league six years. You know, uh, Val Nikushkin was a uh, – was garbage, and then he, you know, is one of the top guys uh, with the Avs, and – Maybe maybe the same with this guy, too. This could be a brilliant pickup. There's no doubt about it. And I think, who's the second-line center, though, DMAC? I, I've seen some people say Rodriguez. I've seen some people say they should move Miko. That, I think, is the answer, because Kadri was a true center. Rodriguez is not. Well, the amazing thing about the Avalanche last year is they could stay fluid while mixing and matching. And they did that. They literally did that the entire year and even did it throughout the playoffs. So I'm not really worried about it. I think they'll mix and match, and they'll try a bunch of different combinations. That's what you can do when you have a super deep team that wins games almost by default. You're, you're, you don't really ever have to, um, you know, be solidified with exactly what it is when you have such deep talent. Also, the Colorado Avalanche, huge favorites. So hopefully we can do back-to-back Stanley Cups. But let's get into tonight. Score predictions from everyone who wants to start. James, you're a winner today, so we'll start with you. All right, you're going to start with the bad news, right? I uh, <laughs> I picked the Seahawks when the schedule came out and you know, now you start to hear the guys on the air talking about, wow, boy, playing in week one, that's the worst time to get them. Yeah. Okay. I've been saying that for four months, but uh, I'm going with the Seahawks tonight, 20 to 17. I don't think the, uh, I think the Broncos sputter a bit. I think Gino makes a couple of plays. I would be more worried if Drew was playing 100% honest. I would be more worried, but I think the Broncos lose tonight, 20 to 17. Wow. Okay, well. <laughs> no, I, I don't see how the Seahawks are going to score any points on this Broncos defense. I do think the offense will start a little slow for Denver, find a second-half rhythm. They're going to cover the spread, and uh, it's going to be under. The Broncos are going to win 24-6. to Okay, okay, okay. Uh, Jake, go for it. Uh, Rachel, I, I was trying to put something up real quick, but my point is – Do you want me to is... put up the weather real no, quick? No, 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 no. That's not going to play a fact. I just clicked okay. the wrong button. Rachel, how many people would you say are on our staff that give official predictions? About 25. A million. Yeah. How many people picked the Denver Broncos out of those 25? Um, I would say 24. So James is the only person with the Seattle Seahawks uh, tonight. Classic. Uh, I've got the Denver Broncos winning 24 to 10 tonight. Okay. DMAC? Uh, 23-9 Broncos. James, what is wrong with you? I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, but it well, is okay. It is well, a, it's the Super Bowl for the Seahawks. That place no, is going to be no, 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 rocking. No. No. And See, the more Russell Wilson, Wilson no. tells me he doesn't get nervous, the more I think he's going to come out there and be quaking in his cleats. This is not the Super Bowl for the Seahawks. The Seahawks, nobody's expecting anything. I was looking at a mock uh, draft thing for 2023, and they've got 
I don't even know. I've never even heard of this kid. Tyler something or other out of Miami. Their draft, or it'll be uh, JT Shroud or Bryce Young. Their draft. Yeah. Tyler Van Dyke is the truth. Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke. Tyler Van Dyke. There you go. Very good, Jake. Thank you. Always smarter than me and quick to prove it. So they, they're, they don't. This is not the Super Bowl for them. They don't think that's all they care about. It's like CSU when they play CU. The rest of it doesn't matter. But they all come out in droves for that game. At least we're all 0-2, baby. We're all 0-2 out there in Colorado football. Yeah, we'll say this. If the Broncos win tonight, they could start very well start the season 8-0. They really could. Like, to me, this game worries me more than every other game between now and the bye. That includes going to London. It includes the Chargers. It includes the Raiders. Tonight is the, is the biggest trap that I think they got to avoid. Troy in the comments is saying 23-13 Broncos, and Drew is in before the end of the game, everybody. James, how excited would you see to see Drew Locke go in? I mean, NFL teams never cease to amaze me with their stupidity. They're so right? dumb. I agree with you on that. The Seahawks doing exactly what the Broncos did a year ago. It's like, yeah. okay, what are, what are you doing here? Look, I'm not any – I've never said I think Drew is great. He's way too up and down, but at least there is an up. Right. And so to me, playing Geno Smith tonight, that uh, that is a break for the Broncos. Yeah, they just don't they don't care. It's not their Super Bowl. They are doing the same thing the Broncos did last year. They're they're dumb. They're going to win about four or five games the entire season and they'll be drafting six, seven, eight. So if if, if you like Tyler, you know, um, Van Dyke and Mary Tyler Moore, you're going to be all set. You know, uh, I get it. All right, there you go. Uh, Will, what's your biggest worry about tonight? Uh, I, I just think that the offense looks like they didn't play in the preseason, which they didn't. We saw that with a couple of uh, teams yesterday. You know, Aaron Rodgers obviously looks super off. Kyler Murray, man, I cannot believe the Cardinals paid that guy what he did. They stink. He stinks. So I, I just worry that, you know, are we going to see a 6-3 game at halftime and everyone's yes. panicked because Russ has missed Sutton and Judy a couple times. That would be my only fear. Like I said, I think they'll correct it in the second half. Yeah, I believe me. I had people chirping me about Justin Fields at the first half. Oh, James, you too. Just, like, calm down, people. I mean, you really want to make conclusions about the first half of the first game of an NFL season in a rainstorm in Chicago, and you want to draw, like, oh, this guy sucks. He'll never be any good. I, I really don't understand sports fans who are just out to prove themselves hateful all the time. I, I don't get it, and I, I don't understand not thinking young guys can improve. I don't get that either. To James's point, Seattle is moronic and not just playing Drew Locke. I mean, seriously, what do you have to lose? What do you think the upside of Geno Smith actually is? And if you didn't want Drew Locke in the first place, why'd you take him? If you took him, why don't you play him? And that is exactly what happened with the Broncos. No. Listen, if this game was any week other than week one, I would pick the Broncos. Week one, we saw it yesterday. Oh, James, you're just going to lose Weird you, you lost. You lost the copy thing. You lost the thing. You're going to lose this one. I mean, yeah. this is one of the. This is going to be one of the easier games of the year for the Broncos. The best news for Broncos country is that I picked Seattle. If you look at my picks over the weekend, fair enough. Yeah, true. Uh, well, it's also interesting weather out there in Seattle today. Our very own meteorologist, Jake Shapiro, he's got us covered every single game day. Uh, Jake, we got smoke. Yeah, uh, former Denver Post meteorologist over here. I, I did that for, for years for the Denver Post. And uh, 
the, the weather is sunny with smoke. We don't actually have a graphic for it because we weren't expecting smoke to be the weather. But some sun will poke through the smoke, about 73 degrees towards kickoff. You notice it's actually sunny, not with a moon, because it's a 515 kickoff in Seattle. Sun doesn't set there until 727. So it's going to be sunny out there. It's going to be a nice warm day. But the air quality is bad because of some wildfires in the region making smoke go back towards Puget Sound. So if you're out there, uh, maybe try to limit your time outdoors. I'm speaking to literally just you, Andrew Mason, who seems to have been outdoors the entire time he's been in <laughs> Seattle so far. So be a little careful, buddy. I care about your health. Okay, so we made our picks. I'm also going Broncos. I'm going to go 21. I think I put on our pick I put 10, but I think I'm going 7. Uh, but my dog Mia also does picks, so it's Let's time go. to roll with me as picks for the Broncos and the Seahawks. Let's do it, Jake. Hit it. Come on, right, Mia. Everybody. My dog Mia is a German Shepherd Black Lab mix. Love her dearly. Here we go. Amen to this dog because she picked correctly, hopefully, everybody. She is indeed taking the Broncos today. Um, she's 2-0 and on Buffs picks. We don't need to talk about CSU, but so far she's impressing me on the Buffs. Hopefully she goes 1-0 and in NFL picks tonight, everybody. Um, also, can I talk about the amount of people that think – that I somehow convinced my dog to put this um, ring on the cone. Somebody like had messaged me and they were like, Hey, don't put treats underneath it. Don't smear peanut butter underneath. I'm like, you guys, come on now. I'm all fairness. I, it's all up to her. She can do whatever the heck she wants. I've never seen Mia not go to her, her right. Yeah. She did it CSU. She, w- she went to her left and then she missed okay. it. So. Okay. She's kind of like a sixth grade point guard can only go to her right. <laughs> Yeah, every once in a while she does. So, but I know I try different ways of setting her up so that she can like do whatever she wants to do. But apparently, she likes her right. We'll Rachel, can I can I do something real quick? Absolutely. I guess it's I just gotta do this real quick. Okay, good. I'm practicing my high fives. I just needed to do that really quick. Yeah. <laughs> Hold on, real quick, everybody. Let's just play detail. this too. Detail. Let's ride, Broncos country. Let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos country, let's ride. Broncos. Dmac, do you think he practiced getting booze? Like he played a booed playlist on YouTube, and he's like, "All right, I'm ready for this, just in case." Prepared for everything. Sure, sure. He's not gonna. By the way, he's not gonna get booed. He's oh, not he's gonna, gonna get. I mean, uh, the, the, a smattering, smattering, but not overwhelming. It's see, it's Seattle. They're they're. It's Seattle. Trust me. They're, it's not the harshest fan base in the world. They're a loud yes. fan base, but they're not a harsh fan base. Well, they, they did boo him at Sue Bird's final home game when he was on the video tribute telling Sue Bird congratulations on her, his, her career. He wasn't so, there, Will. Okay, but that's still thing. a crowd that gathered in Seattle booing the sight of Russell Wilson at what should have been a monumentous and happy ceremony for Miss Sue Bird. That's a good point. I'm raising, raise your hand if you think he's going to get boot tonight. All right. <laughs> All right. Well, on that note, we are excited because we've also got a deep dive provided by our own John Davis as he takes a look back at Seattle and the Broncos in the history books. Gentlemen, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Go Broncos, everybody, tonight. But let's get to John Davis's deep dive. Here we go. Those who don't learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Luckily, Denver has a sports history savant to take us down memory lane. Here's this week's Denver Sports Deep Dive with John Davis. Shows we're going all the way back. Week 17 of the 1998 season. 
They were the second best team in the league. They'd been the best team in the league most of the season, but they had dropped two straight. They lost against the New York Giants in New York and on Monday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins. So everybody was asking if the Broncos lost all their momentum going into the playoffs, did they peak too early? So the Broncos needed this game to get their mojo back heading into the playoffs and would ultimately be their second straight Super Bowl championship. Now, the Broncos, they had home field advantage clinch. They had AFC West clinch. No reason to play the starters, right? Not Mike Shanahan. Mike Shanahan played John Elway the whole game, and it paid off. John Elway went 26 of 36 for over 300 yards and four touchdowns because the Broncos learned their lesson two years previous in 1996 when they clinched too early. The players got rusty. They lost to the Jaguars. That wasn't going to happen again. But the biggest story heading into the game was Terrell Davis, who had gone to be the league MVP, defending Super Bowl MVP. Terrell Davis was now going to be, was aiming to become the fourth player in NFL history to gain 2,000 yards, but he needed 170 to do it because the previous week against the Miami Dolphins, he gained only 25 yards. Not the best performance of TD's career. So could he do it? 170 was a big, big, big number to have to get. And running behind the offensive line and our guy Mark Schlereth against that Seattle defense who featured our guy Chad Brown, the Broncos kept pounding away the ball to TD. And late in the second half, it happened. He ran off tackle behind Matt Lepsis and Terrell Davis gained 2,000 yards following O.J. Simpson, Eric Dickerson, and Barry Sanders. The Broncos would go on to win the game 28-21. to get the momentum back. They would go to the playoffs. They would blow out the Dolphins who beat them just a few weeks previous on Monday night football. They would beat the Jets and they would go on to win Super Bowl 33 against the Atlanta Falcons. Deep dive with John Davis. We appreciate him so much as it's fun to take a look back at history. Obviously there's been some good and uh, one in particular, not so good matchup against the Seahawks, but we've now got that guy on our team if we're talking about the Super Bowl 48. But let's go into a couple of the um, responses that we got to what people think the scoreline will be for tonight's game. We've got 27-13 Broncos. Uh, we've also got 23-13 Broncos again from Troy. Gary thinks 16-0 Broncos. So quite a few good numbers. A lot of people are obviously taking the Broncos. So It'll be exciting to see. Um, I'm also very excited, though, because our one and only Mark Schlereth, who he's voice little horse, everybody. So be nice to him in the comments is joining us, though, as we get ready to go inside the game with Mark Schlereth. Mark, how are you? I am doing great. And they don't need to be kind. They can come after me. It's, there's no virgin me on my behind. Uh, I'm used to it. So come get me. No, I love it. Thank you so much, first of all, for taking a few times out. So let's get into these things. That way you can go rest the vocal cords and get ready um, for tonight's game. So Broncos finally have a QB, an offensive-minded head coach. Do we see the benefits in week one? Over or under 23 and a half points for Denver tonight. Ooh, uh, I'm going to go over, but just slightly. I picked them at 24. So I'm giving them kind of a 17 to 13 ball game late last uh, last possession last drive of the game they score a touchdown so but I think it's going to be you know I think it's going to be in that 20 that low 20 range for the first uh, game of the season okay Randy Gregory is filling in Von Miller's shoes can he be an elite pass rusher over under um, a half of a sack for the new Bronco tonight I'm gonna go over um yeah I don't think I don't think there's any question he's an elite player and he can be an elite pass rusher how many opportunities 
um, how many opportunities he's going to get just to rush the passer. You know, what I think will happen is they'll get opportunities late um, simply because Seattle will be forced, you know, late in the late third quarter, quarter, early fourth quarter to have to throw the ball to try to get themselves back in it. That's where you get your opportunity. So I'm going to go over on that. Okay, the Broncos want to run the ball. Is Javante ready or Williams ready to be the defensive back, the back, excuse me, the featured back, not defensive back, the featured back? Yes. Um, so over under 99 and a half yards tonight for Javante. I'm going to go under. Um, I think what you're going to see from Seattle is you're going to see them um, play their five-man fronts. So meaning they'll have a three-four front, but they'll have three defensive linemen and two linebackers. Um, will be on each edge. So basically they're going to say, you're not going to run it against us. Um, and this is probably counter to uh, probably counter to uh, common sense, but I think they're going to put Russell in a position to say, you're going to have to throw it 45 times to beat us. And we'll see if we can get some sacks. We'll see if we can, uh, you know, if we can pressure you, you get a couple sacks, maybe create a couple turnovers. So I think their their whole plan was, you are not going to run it against us. And um, we're going to we're going to pressure you and see if we can't get Russell Wilson to turn the ball. over. OK, and who's your pick for tonight, Mark? I'm going Denver. Um, like I said, I think they'll score a late touchdown. I picked them 24-13, um, the Denver Broncos on a late touchdown. All right, Mark, thank you so much for going inside the game with us. We appreciate it. You got to take care, Rachel. Sounds good. Thanks, Mark. All right. All right. We're also excited because we are launching a new show. You guys, we love that you love Coffee Break so much. But at 3.30 every single day, you're going to be able to count. Hold on one second. There we go. Um, you're going to be able to hang out with us uh, at Cecil and Mace as they break down everything Denver Broncos. So we loved inside um, training camp live. It was so much fun to do. So Cecil and Mace every single weekday, 3.30 p.m., a full 30-minute show. They're going to break down everything you need to know about the Orange and Blue. So we're really excited about this launching of a new show. We hope you guys are just as excited. Again, we had so much fun with training camp live. You guys, the comments were awesome. Like share the love for sure because it's been so much fun. Um, getting to do all of these shows. So I'm really excited for Cecil and Mace. I'm excited for Broncos country to have a show that is just talking about them too. And hopefully we add more and more shows. So if there's anything that you would love to see, please put it in the comments because we are all open for ears. We're just getting started over here at 104.3 The Fan. So we're really, really excited. But I'm going to bring in Jake Shapiro now. Um, talk a little bit more about the game too. And we just had a lot of fun stuff happening, you guys. Like, it is such a good time to be in Colorado sports, Jake. First of all, I'm glad you didn't have to do anything stupid. I'm glad you survived the survivor pool because I'm not going to lie. When I saw the Bears yesterday, I was like, oh, Jake. Oh, Jake. The only bummer is that obviously you can't pick the 49ers again. Yeah, which is stinks because they seem like they're going to be a decent football club. Um, my strategy of fading Chicago Bears does not seem like it started off on a good foot, but I did not know it needed to start off on a good fin. I did not realize that Justin Fields was going to win the game because he was amphibious. Like, who, like I, I talk about the Chicago Bears not wanting to play in their own stadium anymore. It's because it looks like that. I didn't know it was going to get that bad week one, maybe week 15. But like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Uh, yeah, the Chicago Tribune's uh, front page this morning is awesome. The, the picture of Justin Fields, I might be able to pull it up here. I guess we probably don't have the rights for it. Um, slide? Yeah, well, there's guys doing penguin slides while he scores the winning touchdown. It was awesome. So, so good. Um, Jake, what else is going on? Because something happened over at Coors Field that was pretty shocking, too. Yeah, Friday night, I think now. Uh, It's been a few days, long week, and a lot of football. 
Uh, CJ Crone hit the longest home run in Colorado Rockies history, tied for the longest at Coors Field, 504 feet. If you've ever been to a game at Coors Field, which I'm sure our audience has, there's that big white truck in left field above the concourse. It either hit that or went over it. They didn't really have a camera angle because they're not expecting someone to hit a ball there. Uh, and and it, clear, it cleared Coors Field on the fly, which I have never seen in batting practice, in games, in any sort of level. And I have watched, like I've said before in the show, 500-plus games at Coors Field where I've been to batting practice, all that stuff, because I covered the Rockies for so long. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was incredible. Uh, what also is incredible is that four of the five longest home runs hit at Coors Field have occurred this year. Wow. Yes. Really? Okay, hold up real quick. What was the date on the previous ones? Was it like within the last five years or was it like 25 years? The one that Giancarlo Stanton hit was I think in like 2012 or 2016. Um, So pretty recently, 2016. Yes, because this is the stat cast era. So it's with an asterisk longest homer ever because Mike Piazza hit a home run at Coors Field that they estimate could have been 420 feet, but they didn't have the proper... Uh, technology like they do now to really track it of course there's also the uh um i'm trying to find it let's see if it's right here jake Uh, on the move yeah i'm trying to find it i've got my bobbleheads right here oh there it is boom i was i'm resetting my coffee break background for the fans here but this trevor story home run 505 which you notice is actually longer than 504 feet like i've talked about uh-huh. Except they went back and remeasured it and it was only 480 so feet. So it's hard to actually get excited about these numbers and being like, this is the longest home run ever when they literally had enough time to make a bobblehead of Trevor's story. Everyone was touting it as the longest home run ever. And mm-hmm. then a couple of weeks later, they said, ah, no. So, yeah, I, you know, but it, it is cool. I mean, it was, it was a bomb by Crone. Uh, it's going to be the, one of the best highlights of the Rocky season in a season not full of many highlights mm-hmm. uh, as the Diamondbacks, which were supposed to be worse than the Rockies, have quietly clawed their way back and almost caught, caught the Giants. I think they may have caught the Giants by now in the division. So, uh, yeah, the Rockies are, are going towards the bottom, but at least they're hitting bombs, right? True. Everyone loves a good highlight. Very true. Um, I want to go back because we didn't really touch on this too much in the comments. Hold on one second. Let me find it. Is Troy saying the Chargers defense is way better than expected? Jake, were you able to watch that game? I don't know if you have red zone or what your TV Broncos setup looks like or TV NFL Sunday um, setup looks like, but were you able to watch this game? Yeah, I did. Okay. Um, I, I, I watched every game yesterday and uh, you know, I think again, something that the guys just talked about. And I agree with everyone looks a little rusty week one. It's hard to make approximations based off of week one. I thought Derek Carr looked awful as much as the chargers defense looked good. I thought, yeah, the chargers defense looked good, but I don't know how much of that was Derek Carr not looking good. Josh Jacobs was bad. Uh, You also have to remember their head coach is Josh McDaniels. And we know how that goes. So I'm not ready to sit here and say the Chargers defense is going to propel them into the playoffs or, or, or put them up a different notch. Uh, Thursday will be interesting with the Chargers because it looks like Keenan Allen's going to be out, but they did have uh, their backup, one of their young wide receivers step up and he looked really solid. Uh, but yeah, I mean, talk to me in week seven or week nine or week 12 about the Chargers because it's, it's, they, they start five and two every year 
and we're like, oh, this is the year. And then all of a sudden they lose for their next six or something. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Once again, the AFC West does look great. I thought the chart, uh, the, the biggest surprise to me in the AFC West is just how dominant the Chiefs were against the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals are going to be a good team this year and the Chiefs just blew them out of the water. I know those Chiefs, they scare me for sure. You can never doubt Patrick Mahomes. Uh, he just can make anyone look good too. Not saying that he doesn't have talented people around him, but I swear he can just make anybody look extra good. Um, If you had to pick the ASC West right now, how are you making it look? Where did the Broncos rank? What's your, what's your ranking there? Um, I I had the chiefs as a clear cut. Number one Uh, to me, it's, it's, it's a toss up for two between the chargers and Broncos. And I would say the Raiders are number four. Um, I think the Broncos have a good opportunity. I don't see themselves as as deep or as explosive, explosive as some of these other football clubs, like the amount of offensive talent the chiefs have while getting rid of Tyree kill is honestly very impressive. And one thing I think we keep forgetting about the chiefs is Patrick Mahomes is really a generational quarterback. He's, he's phenomenal. And I know it hurts to say here in Denver, but we keep wanting to go to, Oh, is Joe Burrow. The next thing is Josh Allen. The next thing, blah, 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 blah. They're great in their own right, no doubt. Joe Burrow had a bad game last night, um, but they're great in their own right. But Patrick Mahomes is a different level of awesome. Like, they have never not been to an AFC championship game or further while Patrick Mahomes has been the starter. So Mm -hmm. I I personally need to see Patrick Mahomes dethroned before I'm ready to crown anyone else king of the AFC West or as the best young quarterback or maybe even the best player in all of football. Okay, I'm with you. I think Patrick Mahomes is the quarterback. Um, I think he's above Josh Allen. I think he's above Joe Burrow. I think he is the quarterback. He's the quarterback that in 15 years, people are going to be talking about Patrick Mahomes because of what he did to the game with the no look passes and, you know, all of the crazy things he did. That's Patrick Mahomes. That's the future for football. But Jake, appreciate you hopping on. We appreciate having Mark, Will, uh, James, DMAC, everybody on the show today. We're super excited because, again, it's game day, everybody. The Broncos taking on the Seahawks in Seattle. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, make sure you tune in 3.30 again uh, because we've got orange and blue today. We've also got our pregame show at 515. We're going to be breaking down everything with Cecil Lammy, myself, Andrew Mason. We got halftime. We got postgame. It's going to be so much fun, everybody. Love hanging out with everybody, and we'll see you guys all this afternoon. Bye, everyone.